This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Carnival Pride this week. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Before we get to Sherry, uh, so I did a couple of, uh, well, I have a couple of new YouTube videos uploaded. Did a walkthrough of Carnival Vista. That's uh, now live. Also, a couple of weeks ago, I was on Carnival Pride right before it went into dry dock. So that video was uploaded as well, a complete walkthrough. Now, the only thing they changed on Pride during the dry dock, pretty much, I mean, they tweaked some cabins and such, but they took out the chapel that was on board, and they might uh, they made it a Michael's Craft Center. So there's all that going on. Uh, also, Cruise Radio News got an email asking where the Sunday morning news briefs are. I converted those to uh, Monday through Friday cruise radio news briefs you can just type in cruise radio news where you listen to your favorite podcast and find it right there all right sherry laskin is here with cruise news hi sherry hi doug royal caribbean has another mega ship on order they do they just announced they're going to build a sixth oasis class ship it's expected to join the fleet in 2023 now it is always happens you know it's not a hundred percent because They've just signed the letter of intent, and everything is, of course, contingent upon financing. But I don't think I've ever heard of one not going through, so it's kind of exciting. Then there's the fifth one that's on order, too. It's expected to come out in 2021, so they are just cranking out these Oasis-class ships. Norwegian Cruise Lines, Norwegian Epic, had a hell of a week over the past week with a little this, a little that. Talk to us about it. Yeah, you kind of summed it up pretty good. It wasn't a good week for Norwegian Epic, and... First, the ship had mechanical issues uh, on its way, left Port Canaveral, and we saw it leave, actually, on that sailing. That's right. We were yeah. at, uh, at Fish Lips in the rain, or Grills, yeah. rather. Yeah. We were at Grills in the rain, exactly. So it uh, finally got down to uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, but the weather changed, and there was really high winds. So as the ship was trying to dock, and maybe a lot of listeners have seen this little video, even with two tugboats helping, it crashed. And I don't say crash. It careened into the um, pilings by the pier and it made it it didn't puncture the ship of course but it did make a nice little scratch if you want to say that and then it left san juan it had a miss of port because now it's running it's you know they have some more mechanical issues or maybe it was from the dent that was made but it had to go back to port canaveral a day early so like dominoes the next sailing which which was supposed to have been on sunday was delayed until monday And then uh, on top of everything else, Norwegian issued everyone a future cruise credit. It had to be used in two years. And they also arranged to reimburse everyone for all airline change fees expenses. Not a good week for Norwegian. I don't know. um... I want to talk about compensation. So for the folks who are on the ship, the first one that only got to go to San Juan, what kind of compensation did those folks get? Yeah, they are getting a future cruise credit for the full full future cruise credit. Um, it has to be within used within two years, and I guess uh, some people really wanted just a refund, but you know that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But you know they they're cruisers; they'll use it. And then all the change fees. What they also did was uh, opened up phone lines and free Wi-Fi, so that people could get their airline 
reservations changed. And then the folks on the sailing right now that they're basically their seven night cruise turned into a five night Bahamas cruise. They're getting a 50% refund and a 50% future cruise credit. Yeah. That's, okay. I mean, you know, that's not too bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, that sounds fair. All right, moving on. So a cruise ship was going to Cuba, but Cuba said, you ain't coming here. Yeah, at the last minute. So basically, uh, the Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line, which sails out of nearby here, sails out of Palm Beach. The ship is the Grand Classica, and it was on a charter cruise. Uh, a Miami-based company called Viva Travel had chartered the ship for a Valentine's Day reunion so that people on board would get to Havana to see their loved ones that were living there, and they could spend the, you know an evening with them, go out to dinner, whatever. So the ship's heading to Havana, which, you know, it's got this uh, beautiful sail into. But at the last moment, the ship was denied entry. Apparently, the Minister of Transportation changed his mind and told the cruise ship it had to leave national waters. That's kind of scary. Hmm. Um, So Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line also confirms that all of their paperwork was in order, which is quite a bit. You have to get visas for everybody and, and all that. But no details have been uh, have been revealed as to what really happened, why the ship was turned away. So, And love was in the air on Valentine's Day on Carnival. Yeah, it sure was. More than 2,000 couples renewed their vows aboard Carnival ships wherever they were sailing. And it happened, of course, on Valentine's Day. So the cruise directors presided over this vow renewal um, fiasco, I guess, or, or extravaganza. And it's said now that this was the largest event of this type ever held at sea. So a lot of happy people. They had, um, I guess, you know, rom-coms playing on the the outdoor movie screens. And apparently it seems to be very popular. Lots of balloons and, and hearts and things. So cute. You know, I'm glad they could do that. Yeah, I guess. I like how you called it a fiasco. Um, Sure. So Royal Caribbean has a ship in dry dock, and it's delayed a little bit. Yes, not too bad. Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas went into dry dock, but the finishing touches have been delayed due to bad weather. Uh, Work required uh, was going to be to add water slides, two water slides actually, on the outside decks and fixing up a pool area. But, of course, in bad weather, they can't work outside, so... Instead of the February 24th uh, debut, it's going to emerge from its refurbishment on March 1st. All right. Listener question time. Email your questions to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. If you've tried to email me over the past couple of weeks and I haven't replied to you yet, I do apologize. You're not alone. Do not take it personal. I've been traveling so much, and I all the emails go to this one bucket, and they're just sitting there building up, waiting for me to read it. So uh, the question here is about Belize. It says, what should we do in Belize? We normally just go downtown and grab a beer and then take the water shuttle back to the cruise ship. That's an interesting question. Sounds like they already know what they're doing, but um, there are a few things to do. There's not a ton of things in Belize. But I've done this, and, and you've done the one, the uh, cave tubing excursion. Uh, it was kind of interesting, and I really don't think it's for the faint of heart or if you're claustrophobic because you really, you're in a cave, and it's pretty low down. It's, it's a cool excursion, but um, you could also try snorkeling. You've done that, Doug, right? You've done the snorkeling. Yeah, there's some really cool snorkeling spots out there. Also, the, the Blue Hole, you can actually get out there too, can't you? Amber Green Key, you can also take actually a short flight over there and go snorkeling over at uh, in the Key also. And, and there's a few restaurants downtown, so maybe instead of just having a beer, you can go and have lunch instead and have a beer with it. 
Of course, there's always the Mayan ruins, and it's called Alton Ha, and it dates back more than 2,000 years. It looks, I saw some pictures of it, and it looks really interesting if Mayan ruins are your thing. It's about um, 30 miles from Belize City, so it's going to be a little bit of a drive. Uh, you can, but, you know, I think that he might have the, the, the whole day um, pegged to be really just relaxing. You take the tender ride over from the ship, have a couple of beers, and just hang out. But again, I would probably stop at a restaurant and have lunch, too. One thing to add to that about Belize, if you don't have a, whether it be a private shore excursion booked or one through the ship, be mindful when you're trying to leave the port property. Like, I was trying to get out there a couple of years ago and walked out to the gate and turned right back around. I was like, uh, heck no. Yep, and I think, if I remember correctly, when I was there, the gate was actually a chain-link fence. It, it, that's what it was, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that doesn't bode well. So, no, unless you're with a group, um, stay within, you know, in the in the port area, have lunch downtown or a beer, like this person does, and, and just enjoy it. There aren't a ton of things to do. Yeah, and I mean, that's nothing against Belize City. I don't want to, like, give anyone the wrong impression, but it's the same thing if you go to Labadee, like at Royal Caribbean's, you know, destination mm-hmm. in Haiti, or if you go to Mahogany Bay or Coxon Hole over in, uh, in Roatan, just, you know, be mindful of where you are. You're in a foreign land. Yeah. Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at CruiseRadio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zip line in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. Walter just returned from a seven-night cruise aboard Carnival Pride out of Baltimore. He went over to Princess K, Freeport, Bahamas, and Nassau. He joins us on the line. Hey, Walter. Hey, how you doing, Doug? Good, man. Thank you for calling Good in. And yeah, yeah, you're free, you're pretty much fresh yeah. off the boat, and I'm excited to talk all about Carnival Pride because I was yeah. on her just a couple of weeks ago, but only for the day. You got to spend seven days on her, so uh, jealous there. But before <laughs> before we get to the ship itself, let's take a step back. Uh, what made you want to book this seven night cruise on Carnival Pride? Well, what we wanted it was our 15th wedding anniversary, and uh, we live in Michigan, and we wanted to find somewhere to drive, a port that we could drive to. And uh, Baltimore just seemed logical. A seven and a half hour drive from where we live. Okay. I mean, we took a little time ahead of, ahead of the cruise to uh, stop in Washington D.C. Uh, for a day, but um, it was a perfect drive. I think it took us eight hours going out, seven and a half coming back. Did you drive in a night early? Uh, yeah, we actually our cruise left on Sunday. We actually drove in on Friday and uh, spent the night in uh, Virginia, and then all day walking around Washington D.C. And then went to Baltimore on Saturday night, and we were there Sunday uh, to hop on our cruise. With the parking at the port of Baltimore, do you actually did you park at the pier itself, or did you use like a park and cruise type lot? We did a park and cruise uh, and uh, got a shuttle over from the uh, lot. And do you remember what you paid? per day for that well it was it was with a hotel gotcha. so our hotel reservation and uh 
the uh, shuttle was included with that and parking was included. What hotel did you stay at? Best Western. It was a great place. It's it's roughly five minutes from the pier. They use a really good company to transport people over. They were very efficient, very efficient getting back also. Didn't have to wait at all. So you make your way to the pier. How was your embarkation to Carnival Pride? It was fantastic. Uh, luckily, we had a suite this time. Okay. Uh, since it was our anniversary, we booked a suite. Uh, we moved right on through. We had priority boarding because of that. Uh, but there were really no lines to speak of at all in the uh, terminal. I mean, I think the ship holds 2,500 people. Embarkation went great. Uh, it is a long walk from your counter to the ship, though, and up the ramps. It's uh, it's an older terminal, but it, it was fine. How long would, it, did, would you say it took from curb to ship? For us, I would say no longer than 10 minutes, and probably five of that was walking from the desk all the way up to the ship. So you make your way on board Carnival Pride. What were your first impressions? I was kind of shocked. I uh, never been on a spirit class ship before. Pride being a spirit class ship. Beautiful inside. Uh, it does have a renaissance theme to it. Uh, everything was just clean. Walking into that atrium, clean, just beautiful, classy looking. When I boarded Carnival Pride a couple of weeks ago down in San Juan, I boarded on deck zero, and I was expecting to go up a couple of decks before you know you would see any of the action, but I got to deck one, which is the Riviera deck, and the show theater was right there, um, the comedy club, rather, and then the show theater was two decks above that, and I'm like, wow, this is a really cool ship. Everything is kind of laid out all across deck two and deck three instead of having to go up to deck five or deck seven for all the action. But anyway, so you booked a suite on this cruise. Uh, what did you think of that stateroom? Oh, the stateroom was beautiful. We booked a uh, wraparound uh, balcony suite. I think it was a Vista suite, they called it, uh, rear of the ship. And it had uh, you walked into a living room. You had a changing room, bathroom with a jetted tub. You had a walk-in closet and then a full bedroom. And, of course, the wraparound balcony was great because some – you know, you hit wind on some sides when you were when you were moving, and uh, you could just kind of shift your position on the balcony and have a beautiful balcony seat. How different is the layout of a suite compared against a regular balcony stateroom on board? Oh, totally different. Um, like I said, we walk in. You you walked in the door. You had a living room area that had the bar, had a television, a couch. As you walk towards the windows, you can make a left on the side rear on. And it would lead you to your door, to your balcony. And then if you went further, it would lead you into the bedroom. It kind of formed a U-shape. And in between that, you had a full dressing area. My wife loved it because it had a huge counter, three-section mirror that wrapped around the room. The bathroom itself had twin sinks, Mm -hmm. which is different. And like I said, a full uh, shower and uh, jetted tub in it also. And then we had the walk-in closet, which was more than enough room for us, plus all the drawers everywhere else. And now that, that balcony, I mean, your balcony went probably, what, 20 feet on the side of the ship and then wrapped around and you had another 6, 10 feet on the back, full-size, you know, full-depth balcony. As far as price-wise goes, would you like comparing your stateroom, your suite, to a regular balcony, was it almost double, or was it more than that? I uh, at least double, maybe okay. more. And right. then, of course, it was a New Year's Eve sailing. Oh, so true. Compared to what we normally pay, mm-hmm. yeah, compared to what we normally pay, it was quite expensive. Uh, we could have probably got two cruises out of the right. amount of money we paid. <laughs> we usually book a balcony, a balcony stateroom, anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was quite a bit. But yeah, it was our 15th anniversary, yeah. so we decided let's do that. Besides, you get the priority stuff, and now uh, that was our 10th cruise on Carnival. Our next one at the end of March, 
is our 11th and it turns us into uh, platinum members at that time. We don't have to worry about booking suites anymore. Yep, there you go. So let's talk about the dining on this uh, seven-night sailing. You know, we'll jump to the main dining room first, which another difference on this ship is there's only one main dining room, whereas on the, all the other Carnival ships, there's two main dining rooms. So how was your dining experience and what did you think of it? Well, we only went on uh, New Year's New Year's Eve, we went to the main dining room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little slow, but it was overwhelmed that day. Uh, your time dining is on the upper floor, which is just a horseshoe, basically. And then the lower uh, floor is the scheduled uh, dining, the early and late dining. And it seemed like the servers were a little overwhelmed for the amount of people that were in there for New Year's Eve. And, of course, everybody was dressed up to the nines and uh, had party favors with them and everything else. So it's not that we weren't disappointed with it. We would just rather spend our time doing other things than waiting for two hours for dinner. But it could have just been that it was New Year's Eve and there were a lot, a lot of people there. Did you get to dine in the steakhouse? Yes, we did. First night. Yeah. What did you think of it? It was fantastic, as usual, food-wise. I do love the design of David's Steakhouse on there because it is under the front of the funnel, so it has red glass above the entire uh, steakhouse, and that shines in. I know I took some photos. If you walk there during the day when the restaurant's closed, it's got a red glow over the entire restaurant. It's really kind of neat. But uh, fantastic service, and the food is uh, not unmatchable. Yeah, it's just great. I do think it's really cool how it's it's not it's a two story steakhouse too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm. I think there was seating above, like where the statue was of David. Oh yeah, there was a tier yes, above yes. that, like on a balcony type setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Um, so, how about the uh, the Lido deck area? What'd you think of that in the Guy's Burger and the Blue Iguana and such? Well, you know, we can't knock Guy's Burgers because they're <laughs> fantastic. First thing we got on the ship, we had to have a Guy's Burger, and uh, the um, um, Blue Iguana, we had breakfast there, had lunch there. We loved that. The uh, buffet area itself, I mean, it was typical carnival, carnival buffet food. But what I really noticed about it is due to the size and the layout of the ship, there was space everywhere. The uh, We never had to worry about a seat in there. There was never any problem walking around, carrying your food, whereas sometimes they were stepping over people just to get anywhere but the layout of this ship is really good for that Lido, the entire Lido deck it's just just great for space did you try the pizza on board yes we did we had that uh, on those late nights where we uh, tried to fulfill our uh, all you can drink package <laughs> <laughs> we, we had to go and get some pizza late evening and uh, there was always a line there but it moved pretty fast yeah. all these people out there Fantastic pizza as usual. I noticed that there was a um, like an Asian station. Is it always an Asian station at lunch and dinner time? There, did you notice that? Like, uh, if you're walking was, towards the back of the ship on the starboard side. Yes, it was only during lunchtime. To like okay, 2:30. lunch. That was yeah, I was good. able to try it. I think uh, twice I had it. That became the hamburger, grilled cheese, whatever outlet at uh, you know in the late evening. They'd mm-hmm. have stuff up there, hot dogs, things like that. So let's talk about the entertainment on this sailing. How was that for you? Entertainment. We went to uh, quite a few of the shows. Really enjoyed each of the shows. Uh, These were all shows I've never seen before, which was kind of odd because we've had so many repetitions of shows on our various cruises that this was strange. They were all different this time. The uh, piano show, there was a beach show, which was really good. We also enjoyed the 
band that was playing on the ship. They had a phenomenal guitarist playing. We spent a lot of time in the uh, Red Frog Pub where the band played most of the time. Uh, they had a good, good acoustic guitar player on there. But we didn't really enjoy the piano bar a whole lot. I don't know what that was. I just didn't click with the performer that was there. And we didn't... Uh, I mean, we've had great piano bar entertainers so many times. This guy just didn't cut it for me. I don't I don't know. That's just my opinion. Of course, we had uh, the Reverend Dr. E was our cruise director. He made for a fantastic time wherever he showed up, be it in the atrium or wherever. So we count that as entertainment. He, he's a great one. I sailed with him on Carnival Magic last February, and mm-hmm. he, he, that guy's firing on all cylinders. Oh, he is. Yeah. ADHD is his superpower. Yeah. <laughs> as, as the T-shirt says. <laughs> The uh, the funny the funny thing about it is that looking back, I remember when they said he was going to be moving to the ship at Baltimore mm-hmm. to the Pride. People were upset about that. Oh, yeah. Why are you putting a guy like this on this ship? Mm-hmm. You need him on this ship because he really gets everybody involved. Spend New Year's Eve with him, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I want to ask you about the casino. How was the smoking situation in and around the casino? I thought the smoke was pretty laid back in the casino this time. Uh, my wife would tell you different because she's very susceptible to cigarette smoke. It bothers her a lot. She's allergic to it. But uh, the deck in front of the covered pool area is also half of that deck is a smoking area on the Alito deck. I found the smoke worse up there than I did down in the casino this time. That's so. You, so you found it and worse. That's an open air. Yeah, it's open air, but there was just a lot of people smoking up there. The casino to me wasn't that bad. I passed through it many, many times. I thought it was one of the better smelling casinos. That's an odd way to put it, but a better smelling casino than I've been on in any of the other ships. I know on the fantasy class, the fantasy class, the smoke seems to come out the sides of the casino, and uh, this was pretty good. You didn't smell it till you got in the casino, mm-hmm. and it wasn't terrible in there. Uh, how did the ship uh, handle during sea days? Sea days was great. Uh, like I said, the design of the ship really lends itself to a lot of people. We never had issues on the uh, on the Serenity deck finding a seat back there. Main pool deck, yeah, you had to get there a little early. It's not the largest deck out there. Just moving around the ship on the sea days when you got everybody else around through the Lido deck, through the yeah, everywhere else. It never ran into a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we had a sold out cruise. I love the Lido pool on that. Mm-hmm. One of them is covered and one of them is not. And there's actually, there's two pools on Lido that are midship. So you have one pool that is covered mm-hmm. underneath the dive and movie screen. Well, the option to be covered if the weather is bad. Um, and you right. have one forward of that that is actually always open. And then you have one all the way aft in the back of the ship that's also always open. So it's a Serenity. Yeah, it, that's right. It's a Serenity area. So no kids mm-hmm. back there. And uh, mm-hmm. that ship is also firing on all cylinders, just like Dr. E. It's, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And in the, in the, uh, it, it was funny because even the captain was very, very personable. He was out there talking with people all the time, telling jokes. I'd never seen that. Usually the captain's relatively hidden. I, he, I ran into him in walking down the hallway one day. Oh, and okay. uh, in the, the the workers that were there, everybody was great. Uh, the bartenders, we found our favorite bartender who uh, took care of us very well, I thought. even <laughs> I just had a great time on it. Do you track the drinks you order with the, like, are you one of those people that, like, I'm going to break even if it's the last thing I do on this drink package? Or do you just kind of like, you know, if I drink it, I drink it. If I don't, I don't. That's right. That, it's pretty much if I drink it, I drink it. If I don't, I don't. But we, we know that you have to basically have five, maybe six 
drinks, depending on what the cost of those drinks is to break even. Sadly, on our way home, on our, on our drive home, we stopped at a rest area, so I pulled out my phone and I was they itemize them all on your bill, even though you're not charged for them. They're all listed. Between myself and my wife, we had 120 drinks. We had 8.6, well. I think, a day per person. <laughs> wow, good for you, though. But I, I must say, I hit 12 one day. Okay, so you you closed it on the fifteen? Yeah, yeah, that's as far as I'm ever going to go. I think it, it was it was pushing it, but yeah. one of the, yeah, that's a whole day. That was a sea day. Yeah, that's what sea you days are get, for. You got to get a margarita with breakfast. Absolutely, that or yeah. a really spicy Bloody Mary, if that's your thing. Ooh, I have never had one of those. I have to try that. I've had them on land, but never on the ship. Some of the bars they're good. Some of them it's that pre-made crap that's yeah. really not good. But oh, um, yeah. I found some ships actually yeah. make their they have it in like in a white container behind the bar where they pre-mix the Worcestershire sauce and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a Tabasco and everything, and it's really um, it's really good there. So let's talk about the ports of call. You went to Princess K, Freeport, and Nassau. So uh, mm-hmm. give us a highlight from each one. Uh, Princess K, uh, of course, you tender in uh, the beach is beautiful. I do not like the rocks out in the water. The, uh, I guess it's coral, but uh, it was just fun just laying around there, and uh, the food was great. Carnival's crew basically moves onto the island and serves you food, and they run bars on the island uh, so you can grab a drink. It was just nice to relax there is what it was. Yeah. Then we moved on to our second port was Nassau, and Nassau is, as most people say, it's Nassau. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the walk through the shopping district, and we ended up at Senior Frogs, and we had a great time at Senior Frogs. Um watching the uh, entertainment there and uh, all the uh, kids that are down there that are just turning 18 and realize you can drink there at 18, so they were having a great time. Let's see, then we went to Freeport, and in Freeport, I think we just did shopping in Freeport, and yeah, that's all we did there. We really didn't do any big excursions this time. We didn't know really what to expect uh, in these ports, and didn't know what the weather was going to be like because when we left Baltimore, of course, it was pretty chilly and it uh, warmed up quickly. The weather was about 80, 82 degrees down in Nassau. So we didn't plan anything ahead of time. We figured we'd just let it ride. You're in that cold, cold weather anyway, year round. So it doesn't really matter what you do. You're just Mm -hmm. out of that cool weather, right? That's what it is. And it was a great way to relax for a week. Yeah, because it's definitely going to get cooler as you head back north and sail towards Baltimore, which is what you did. And so how was your disembarkation yep. there? Disembarkation was great. Uh, we got in three hours late, though. Oh, why so is that? So that <laughs> we came through. There was a storm blowing across the country at the time. Uh, we were heading back up, and we came through starting in the Atlantic, had a real rough night the first night. Then we moved in close to the coast and shot up the coast. But, yeah, we ran about three hours late. They just couldn't make up time after that. Once we got there, it was pretty simple. Customs, as you've seen recently, Customs is uh, pretty laid back. I carried four bottles of uh, alcohol purchased on the ship off, and we only supposed to have two per one per person, and nobody even looked twice at me. It would cost them more to tax me on it and more time than for the dollar or two taxes than it's worth. Yeah. When we were in New Orleans on a previous cruise, we walked into customs. There was not even a person at any of the desks there. They were just kind of strolling around. You just walked up to them as you were leaving, held up your passport, and they just let you right on by. And it's so different in every port, right? I mean, like in Port Everglades, they're taking your passport, they're putting it up to your face, they're running it through the system. And then in Miami and Baltimore, they're just looking at it and say, all right, go, have a good day. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) This one, yeah, they were at their desks, but they let us right on by, just... Looked at it real quick and went, that was it. Any first-time tips for sailing Carnival Pride? You need to learn the layout of the ship because it's not what you're used to if you're used to 
uh, sailing on Carnival. One of the cool things is that the the showroom there, uh, the main showroom, is on decks two and three, and deck one directly below that is the Butterfly Comedy Club, which makes it real easy to get between the big shows and the comedy club. All you got to do is go downstairs mm-hmm. so, and then you can come back up, catch a show later, <laughs> however you want to do it. They're, they're right on top of each other. So it's very simple. Whereas on a lot of the ships, you have to go from the front of the ship to the rear of the ship and spend a lot of time doing that. And then you're always late for the shows. Definitely. That's something to look at. Enjoy the decor, put it that way on mm-hmm. the ship. It's a Renaissance theme. It's wild, but the, you got your David statue. You've got lots of women on the wallpaper. You've got uh, a buffet area that has a mermaid theme to it. So if you look up, you'll see brass mermaids hanging down above you through the entire buffet area. And uh, it's just, it's a really neat ship to see. You have to really look around uh, and enjoy it. In closing, Walter, give me your final thoughts of Carnival Pride. Carnival Pride is probably one of my favorite Carnival ships out there, and I've been on a lot of ships now. I think I've been on every class. Uh, It just makes sense. It's a simple ship to navigate. You never feel crowded. And I think because of everybody, all the passengers feeling good, I think the crew reacts back at you and they feel better. And they're a real happy crew. Very serving crew, I guess, uh, is what I would put it. Probably the best crew I've seen. I would say that, yeah, just for the just from the three hours I spent on board and talking mm-hmm. to the crew, and there, it, it has that general like that whole just a level of happiness on that ship. It seems, yeah, it seems more like a family yeah, than anything else. Exactly. I mean, that was everything from embark. Like I had to go on and deal with the security on deck zero, and I mean, even mm-hmm. they were super friendly. Normally, they're like, "Your name's not on the list," blah blah blah. And so, uh, yeah, just the whole, the whole crew is just totally awesome. We've been talking with Walter about his seven night cruise on Carnival Pride out of Baltimore. Walter, congratulations on 15 years of marriage, my friend. And thanks for calling in. Thank you. A big question we get at cruise radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.